Hello everybody and welcome to episode 116 of Operation Retroshock. I am one of your hosts, Alan Price, and back alongside me, oh, as always, excuse is... excuse me? What? Where is the weather update? I'm sure we're just used to the sunny weather here now. Okay. Believe it or not, folks, yes, it is still somehow <laughs> sunny in Northern Ireland. What's that, kicking at least a month now? I know. It was it was dull uh, yesterday, it looked a bit dull, it was going to rain, and it just brightened up, and... You know, uh, it's just... If there's no sign of it stopping yeah, anytime like, soon. It's like the football, the sun's coming home, as they say. <laughs> uh, yes, hello, I'm, I'm Chris Vint, as I interrupted Alan, because he wasn't giving us our um, weekly weather update. And speaking of updates, here's our time update, that in 2005, another ragtag group of superheroes, the Fantastic Four, made it to the big screen, and then remade it ten years later. Wow. So 13 years ago, the original Fantastic Four with Chris Evans and Jessica Alba hit our screens. A true classic of the modern age. You could define classic as many things, and I do not <laughs> think that Fantastic Four is one of them. Um, we should have actually done that as our next movie review. but I think we've, I think with something a little more iconic. I was going to say, I don't think I would want to watch that again. No, our, uh, our upcoming movie talk that will be coming... In the next episode, will be a bit more iconic, but we'll talk about that towards the end of the talk episode. Talk about that at the end of the episode with vengeance. Oh, <laughs> that's so bad. That'll probably give a lot of people a hint, but you'll have to wait to the end, so you have to listen through and uh, hear everything else we have to say. Or if you're just a smart arse, uh, you'll just scrub forward and listen to the end. <laughs> uh, but yes, everybody, welcome to episode 116 of Operation Retroshock. A... Retroshock news episode for all you lovely people out there in the world. So, what the gist of Retroshock news is, Chris picks a few news articles that have interested him over the last couple of weeks since the last episode or episodes, and I pick a few as well. We mash them together. We talk absolute nonsense. So, yeah, we'll just get stuck straight in here, Chris. Shall indeed, yes. So, I will start off with uh, something that only just got announced this week. And it feels like this movie has been taking an age to actually get off the ground. No, no, no puns intended here. But uh, Miles Teller will star opposite Tom Cruise in the Long in the Works sequel that sees Cruise reprising his role as the hotshot pilot with the call sign Maverick Top Gun 2. So Miles Teller has landed the role of Goose's son in Top Gun 2 and will star opposite Tom Cruise reprising his 1986 original role. Uh, Joseph Kaczynski, who directed Cruise in the sci-fi thriller Oblivion, is directing the Long in the Works Top Gun sequel. Val Kilmer will return as Iceman. Uh, Teller beat out Nicholas Holt, who everybody will know as Beast in the recent X-Men movies. Oh, okay. Um, and a few others as well. So, have you watched Top Gun? Funnily enough, I watched Top Gun on Friday night. What are the chances, eh? That was uh, honestly that was the first time I'd ever watched it, and it was that. And I'm going to say it, it was that bad. Ooh. I, I didn't finish it. I thought it was for a movie that gets so much love, and you know, like so, I couldn't take your guy. Anthony, the one who plays Goose. Anthony Edwards. Couldn't take him seriously because we've been binge-watching ER. So it's, it's very different. It's because of the moustache. That's why. <laughs> and then Meg Ryan then appears in it. And Val Kilmer, Kilmer uttered like about four words. 
and no I just I didn't it was just for me it was one of those 80s movies that everyone raves on about and I just don't get the appeal so it's this sequel won't be one that I'll be rushing to buy tickets for the midnight release of it to be honest there will be so many people angrily typing on their keyboards right now you you? can do that you know (laughs) you can do that as I've always said this is my opinion if you enjoy the film that's great as I said a lot of people do it just it wasn't for me you know life is is subjective yeah yeah. it'd be pretty boring if we all like the same stuff exactly like if we all like Star Wars and all loved The Last Jedi but the kind of the main reason I brought up this news article not as much for the fact of we're getting a Top Gun too, and you know what do we think of that whole sort of thing but you know in a lot of other fandoms and other you know movies out there you hear a lot of people always talk and say you know don't take the easy route mm-hmm. you know don't go the corny cliched sort of route um, for your sequel especially if there's like a long gap yeah you know between the series now, don't get me wrong, some fandoms like that sort of thing. Uh, Star Wars, case in point, hoping that the likes of Rey would be a Skywalker and stuff like mm. that. Ooh. But um, the key thing I'm talking about with it here is the fact of, should they really have went this route about, oh, by the way, here we are, we're 20 to 30 years later on from this movie. Ach, do you know what this movie needs? We need the son of Goose to be involved here so that Tom Cruise's character can be like the the mentor now to bring up the son of his former partner. Well, you see, that was kind of the rumours that were floating around to do with Ghostbusters because before it became the, in inverted commas, all-female Ghostbusters, it was meant to have Harold Ramis, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson and um, Bill Murray, but they were going to be the ones passing the torch to younger Ghostbusters. Yeah. And obviously that didn't happen. But... With this, like you say, it just seems to be we're still going. To, we're going to make it. We're going to try and hark. You know, we're going to try and rope in the, the viewers who love the original, and then try and entice newer ones. Yeah, you know, this is kind of almost like you doing a. I'm trying to think of it, like say another Dirty Dancing, and say if Patrick Tracy was still around, mm-hmm. that he would have been like the dance choreographer yeah. or something like that, you know, because they would have brought him back into it. That's a heck of a comparison, Chris. I like that one. <laughs> but it, it, but it is because you know you're still harking on. You know, does that mean that Iceman's going to have his son, and then it's going to be these two competing yeah. against each other like their dads did? And then you could throw into this ballpark as well Creed Two with. Apollo Creed's son Adonis mm-hmm. and uh, Drago's yeah. son as well you know so it's 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 it is it's exactly what I say it's kind of a cliche yeah. uh, with movies when there's big gaps between them what will we do we'll pit the kids against each other sort yeah. of thing well that's that's the best way but, to do it but um, I really don't think there was there's a need for them to have specifically went oh do you know what this movie needs to make it you know take it to the next level it needs you know Goose's son mm-hmm. in here um I thought you would be able to do this movie absolutely fine with Tom Cruise's character, Maverick, in just a mentor's role. You don't need... I can see them wanting to have some sort of emotional connection for him or something like that, you know, in the story, but I'm not sure you really needed Goose's son. Now, Miles Teller is a fantastic actor, and I'm sure he will do a great job in this movie. So, will I be going to see it? Yes, I think a wee bit like you, uh, it wouldn't be a midnight no. viewing for me or anything like that. But uh, 
I like some of the past work that Cruz has done with Kozinski uh, directing, so that's what has me more intrigued than anything. It's obviously sad that um, the original director for Top Gun uh, passed away, so that's how Kozinski got the gig. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, no, I'm interested enough. Okay. Well, moving on to more movie news was this to do with... This is from the Indian Express, which uh, Doctor Strange 2 will definitely happen, says Marvel President. Um, he just confirmed that Doctor Strange will have another standalone film. Avengers Infinity War saw, spoiler alert, Doctor Strange giving up the time stone and was one of the superheroes who vanished after Thanos snapped his fingers. Um, just says they have uh, definitive plans to make a sequel to the 2016 superhero smash hit film Doctor Strange. In an interview with Cinema Blend, um, he said it was asked about the steps his characters have taken and will take in the future Marvel Cinematic Universe. Sometimes it's where it's where do these characters pop up? Doctor Strange, you know, whenever we do another Strange one which we will do, it'll be a number of years from the first Strange, and yet he's a very big part of Infinity War. So it is just a good problem to have when you have too many beloved characters that people want to see more of, whilst keeping their core belief that we have to keep exploring his nuance and keep doing different things. Um, obviously, we've seen him in Thor Ragnarok as well, but it's good that they want to do something else. But they've said that um, uh, the probably be... Um, uh, Doctor Strange has a significant role in Infinity War so give out the time stone and the reasons for the same will probably be explored in Avengers 4 Doctor Strange was, uh, says so is yet to be seen if you appear in Avengers 4 which I would imagine that you would do the reason why I kind of wanted to talk about that one is because your next news to do with the comic book yeah. artist because he was actually one of the co-creators of Doctor Strange yeah. as well um, so I wanted to make sure we mention that but it's good that obviously with the likes of there's yet to be a film that they've released just one of yeah you know with the likes of Thor we've got a couple Captain America a couple yeah uh, Iron Man a couple Guardians Guardians a Cap. couple Cap a couple Spider-Man we're getting a new one you know yeah so it's nothing it, jumping out at me as being the only one anyway yet no not from the Marvel Cinematic well, Universe there anyway. is technically with Strange but and Black Panther but they're both getting sick yeah. oh yeah, like, yeah so yeah you know, a and, and Ant Man just recently released in, the, released in the United States, and we're hit, sitting here twiddling our thumbs, having to wait to August to watch it. August third. Remember yeah. what we had this argument right mm -hmm. a number of weeks ago on the show when we did a retro shock news, probably the guts of a month or so ago now. That when one of my key arguments was right, you have delayed this because of the World Cup. Yeah, but it's by the time this comes out, we'll be in the knockout stages. I completely underestimated how far into the knockout stages we'd actually be by this stage. As of the time of recording and release, we're at the semi-finals of the World Cup. He's talking about England, by the way. We're at the semi-finals of the World Cup here. So what have we... The two semi-finals, the final, and the third place. Yeah. So there's four more games between now and Sunday. Mm -hmm. So there's that's four games in seven days. Now... Could Marvel have predicted that England have ended up where they have? But remember that we said that this film had been delayed in England, but in Russia, where the World Cup is, uh, it wasn't. It came out the same time yeah. as in America. So, so like, but um, I think it's only a matter of time before we knew that. We maybe, were going to get. maybe in terms of England, this has turned out to be a the right decision, not to 
eat humble pie or anything like that. Over here, I disagree still completely, but um, based on some of the footage of yesterday after the England game and all, the streets were fairly abandoned. Yes, uh-huh. I actually ordered food and I said, oh, you're here quick. And he went, well, I don't know why, but the roads are fairly clear. You know, so um, that's how you knew. That I that wonder going. why. Yeah. Because everybody's probably half off their trolley. Um, but back on topic with Doctor Strange 2, I'm very pleased to hear mm-hmm. that there is going to be a Doctor Strange sequel. I was worried this was maybe going to be one that could slip by the wayside considering the sort of plans that they have going forward because of course we're bringing in captain marvel here very soon yes the spider-man homecoming series is technically sony um so it is its own thing so it's on its own kind of slate but i definitely thought that with how successful black panther has been Mm -hmm. amongst other things that Doctor Strange might just kind of be kicked to the back burner. Thor obviously had a bit of a rejuvenation with Ragnarok as yeah. well, so there's a good yeah. chance you may see another Thor in that style. Um, but no, it pleases me that we're going to get a Doctor Strange too, because it'll be nice to see. I think coming out of Avengers Infinity War, Doctor Strange has very much been, I'm not going to say a pleasant surprise for people, but he definitely seems to have come out of it as... A big player that people have liked, I even think, more so. I think because of Infinity War, how much of a vocal point he is. Yes. Um, like for me, whenever we did our first um, like Marvel thing, like way back when, whenever we were talking about Captain America, Thor, Hulk, Iron Man, um, I didn't really appreciate Thor or Captain America until. I'd watched their movies and I didn't really care for them. Yeah. And then once I watched Avengers, then I went back and watched them, appreciated them more. And I think that's maybe what happened is people, maybe I watched Doctor, I didn't like that. And then they watched Infinity War and then I, he was really good in that. And then watched, oh, that's even better now. You've grown a bit more of a connection to yeah, the character. Yeah, exactly, yeah. The, that old aging like a fine wine sort yeah. of thing. Because, if, again, if you go back and listen to those early Marvel episodes that we've done on the show, that... You know, you and me were very much nah, not fans of Captain America yeah, or anything had, like that. We had Mike on, and I think we had, had Pixel Dan or Ryan Porter on. I think it was they? Ryan. And, you know, they had Captain America up high, and with us, they'd be like, no, bottom. Bottom. Bores me. <laughs> yeah. You know. But I think that was because at that moment in time, we'd only had the first Avenger, and that was very much, yeah, America, let's go, <laughs> yeah. sort of thing. You know, and we're like, we don't have that connection, because obviously we're not American, so we don't have that, you know... Uh, you know, grabbing off the you know American patriotism of it, like Captain America would embody at that time. But as his movies progressed and the stories changed, he's went right up in my rankings of characters. Thor Ragnarok, I think, for a lot of people, pushed Thor up as well. Yeah, and Avengers, Avengers really solidified Thor as one of the boys, you know, one of the players of the Marvel universe. But Doctor Strange, seeing him in a sequel as strong and as competent in his art mm-hmm. as he was portrayed in Infinity War, seeing him fully embodying the Sorcerer Supreme in a sequel, um, possibly going up against his old colleague in Mordo yeah. or something like that, would definitely get me excited where it will end up 
in a slate or when it will get released is another question altogether. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I think it's fair to say we pretty much have uh, at least the next year and a bit mapped yeah, out. Yeah, but I think once you have an actor with the calibre of Benedict Cumberbatch, you can't say penguins, um, look at look at up Graham Norton, Benedict Cumberbatch, penguins, and you'll see what I mean. Um, but whenever you have a, an actor of his calibre, you want to make sure you use it. So it's not really, uh, not that a movie franchise that can shy away from, but it's a movie franchise that embrace. You know, and for me, I've always said that from um, going in to watch Doctor Strange, I knew nothing about the character, and I came out and I loved the film. And it was very much like with Guardians of the Galaxy, people had no idea, and I had no idea what they were about. And when, as soon as he came out, just like everyone, you know, ranted yeah. and about it. I think the final thing I'll kind of say about Doctor Strange here is, and this is this is the perfect measure of what I was saying about um, how Doctor Strange has kind of progressed and come across from, especially Avengers: Infinity War, is um, my mother started working in a new department of her work a few months ago that department is not too mum don't listen obviously my mother is older say a more mature lady a more mature lady in comparison to some of her work colleagues who are maybe in their sort of similar age bracket to myself they're all very much into marvel into star wars into star trek this sort of stuff some of her work colleagues even have like star trek ships on the shelves and stuff like that they're not they don't hold back um so marvel especially is quite the talk of the office especially in the build-up to infinity war mm-hmm. um so she naturally got a bit curious now she'd seen the likes of the iron man movies and all with me because yeah. she liked the whole you know she'd originally went and seen the first iron man with me in the cinema all those years ago so she liked robert downey jr as iron man but hearing them talk Mm-hmm. she was a bit more intrigued she was like what's this you know they seem to be talking quite a bit about infinity war is this a big deal or anything i was like yes yeah so she ended up going to see infinity war with me and dr strange was the character that stood out to her and she was most intrigued by she was mm-hmm. like oh who's this dr strange character and i was like oh he's played by benedict cumberbatch and blah 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 and she says does he have his own movie and I was like, yes, he does. And my mum has went back and watched both Thor Ragnarok and Doctor Strange now, based off Infinity War. Similar, something similar to that was whenever we went to, uh, Dad and I went to see Civil War. He hadn't seen Ant-Man. Yeah. And for him, Ant-Man was the one that he thought was funny and he wanted to watch the Ant-Man movie after that. And said, oh, it was a bit far-fetched. And I went, you're talking about a, a film here that you've watched another film where a guy turns into a big green monster, a guy can wield thunder, and a guy who's <laughs> a, about 100 years old and looks like about 30. So I wouldn't get two. But no, I think that's a good measure of things when there's folks that would maybe not be as invested in this world as you or I, yeah. and anybody else probably that would be listening to this show takes a liking to a certain character. Exactly, yeah. But unfortunately we have to segue into some... Uh, sad news so Chris what is said sad news yeah it was to do with uh, unfortunately the sad passing of Steve Ditko um, one of the very beloved um, creator like I was asking Mike um, he was just saying you know make sure that Steve Ditko gets in the news so I was asking Mike you know like I haven't been reading comic books that long whereas Mike has been yes you know like from a very early age so he just said his work on the first 38 issues of Spider-Man before John Romita took over 
Um, Spider-Man is Mike's favourite character of all time. Also creating the look for most of Spidey's rogues. And as I said, he also co-created Doctor Strange. But um, from somebody that I never really read a lot from was more now to do with Dan Slott, who was a writer for Spider-Man. And he's now left Spider-Man to go on to do, funnily enough, Fantastic Four and Iron Man. Um, I think Iron Man one's just come out, and I'll be meeting Dan Slott again at um, on film Comic Con, which I'll talk about some announcements later on. But he actually put up a, a nice message here on Twitter, so I'm just going to read this out. Um, that it was very sad to hear that Steve Ditko had passed away. There are few people in the world who have had more positive effect on my life than this man. He got to meet him once back in the 90s when he was on staff at Marvel as their art returnist. So if an artist would leave and there was art left he would contact them you know for them to come pick it up or mm-hmm. to send it off so he had the art for the first squirrel girl story a story um character is still very beloved to this day one of the last jobs he had for marvel and had to send him the art release form for it before i was allowed to send the originals back he never sent anything to him before and the surprise when he looked for his address in his rolodex for anyone who doesn't know what a Rolodex is, it's like <laughs> a thing that you flick through to find addresses. Uh, there was just this number and nothing more. It was the only card like that. With a deep breath, I started calling the number. I f- was freaking out. I kept saying to myself, you're calling Steve Ditko. You're calling Steve Ditko. <laughs> I'd read every Steve Ditko. Ditko comic known to man. This was one of the greatest idols of my life. And he'd earned the reputation of being the jt jd solinger of comics and that it was pretty much off the grid and preferred it that way i think that was the same with i think that i'll get on that in a minute but i have a funny feeling there was a documentary thing that jonathan ross went looking for steve ditko right and i think he eventually found him but i can't remember so he answered and he said and Dan Slott says, Hello, Mr. Ditko. My name's Dan Slott. I'm the art returnist from Marvel Comics. I have some of your original art here, but I don't have your con- your address to send you the art release form. He said, um, Steve Ditko says, It's all right. I live in the city. I'll just come over. Is now a good time? Sure, that'd be great. Thank you. And then I was saying over and over again, Steve Ditko is coming here. Steve <laughs> Ditko is coming here. He had on a sweater jacket and a leather cap. Not a baseball cap, a proper cap. He was polite and quite friendly. I knew he famously did not like to talk about Spider-Man or any of the characters he created or co-created. So my inner monologue was, don't ask him about Spider-Man. Do not ask him about Spider-Man. Give the man his art and dear God, don't ask him about Spider-Man. I give him the filled out form. He signed it. He give, I gave him the art for Squirrel Girl job, which was lovely wrapped and bottled. He said, thank you. And I said, thank you, which I desperately wanted to mean. Thank you for everything. And I don't want to bug you. And when he left and the door closed, I remembered how to breathe. So that shows you how, you know, somebody who's still heavily involved in the comic industry um, was um, affected by reading his comics and to a degree whenever you're still working for Marvel is a very minor role that Steve Ditko meant so much to him and to other people because I know that Tom Holland put up a thing to do with there was somebody who'd drawn um, Spider-Man and it was kind of him looking sad because um, obviously you know like he'd done a lot of art for that but it is sad whenever things like that happen and you know as much as I hate to say it you know it's going to be a really hard time whenever Stan Lee... Yes. Because 
the thing is nobody gets any younger you know and that's the thing and that's that's a whole other topic for discussion as well stanley because there was news for him came out this week as well that was quite shocking and surprising but it's it is it's extremely sad when someone so you know prevalent in an in an you know in a background in a job in you know whatever passes away because there's so many comic book characters that you would not have mm-hmm. maybe you would have the characters but would they look as iconic oh yeah yeah it's the same each character like Todd McFarland does like a lot of I don't like his art personally speaking but Mike loves his art yes so you know like there's a um, famous um, cover that he did where Wolverine is kind of got the three claws up but the reflection has Hulk in it yes and that's a really iconic cover but I've tried to read some of his books and I just I, I just don't like the art yeah whereas for me the likes of say um, you know a lot of the newer artists and newer writers some of them are well established some of them aren't but yeah. then it's just looking at it and like the the, um, the Star Wars run the one that um, Jason Aaron did I can't remember who the artist was but the art in that was great but then you look at that it's really good art and then they'll change the artist and you're like, oh, this is different now because they all have their different yeah. way to do things. But it's sad whenever you see, but then at the same time, whenever they pass, a lot of people go like, right, you know, it's like if an actor passes, you know, I'm sure whenever um, Alan Rickman passed away, everyone was like, well, watch a, um, a Harry Potter movie. Yeah. You know, like, and that's your way of kind of remember what they've done the same way with or Harry Fisher in Star yeah, Wars yeah the same way with this I'm sure many people picked up a Spider-Man book to look through the art and think yeah. like, thank god he did what he did you know absolutely no that's it's sad news but at the end of the day as Chris says it should as much be a reason to go and look back and celebrate the life and uh, just the body of work of an individual so Moving on to something that could probably not be any more different to uh, Spider-Man and Steve Ditko, and that is that Idris Elba is going to play the villain in the Dwayne Johnson Fast and Furious spin-off, so um, the one with him and Jason Statham. Okay. Is this the reason, sorry, because I know that there was a lot of beef between The Rock and Ludacris, is it? Tyrese. Tyrese, sorry. That there was a lot of beef between those two because... The Fast and Furious movie had been put back because of The Rock's yeah. acting um, schedule. It, it's, I think originally it was scheduled that it was going to be the next Fast and the Furious, then this Hobbs and Shaw spinoff, mm-hmm. and then another Fast and the Furious. Right. But whatever way things went down, I don't know exactly the full ins and outs of it, they brought forward the Hobbs and Shaw movie Okay. with Statham. Because in the most recent Fast and the Furious, the kind of feedback and response that the dynamic between Dwayne Johnson and uh, Statham got Mm -hmm. was very, very positive. Which is so funny. If you go back and you watch back through the Fast and the Furious movies and you just see how Jason Statham's character has gone from being this absolute a-hole. Well, funny enough. To being a really funny guy. Funny enough, um, a couple of nights ago I watched Fast... What was the one that was Paul Walker's last one? Seven. Oh, 
Yes. Yeah, seven. seven I watched, and there was a particular reason why I watch it, but we'll get onto that whenever I mention my convention stuff. Oh, right. But I, to- I know what you mean, because he... That's whenever you see Han has been killed, not Han Solo, spoilers. Um, the Han's Tokyo been, Drift, yeah. yeah. And then his brother is in the hospital and go like, he dies, I come and kill you. And yeah. then... In the yeah. latest Fast and the Furious, he's going and rescuing Dom's baby in a plane with putting like oh, noise he, yeah, flying earphones like, over him. Like, oh, for, I totally forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, this is, this is what I'm saying. He's, yeah. he's a complete a-hole blown yeah. up like Han and stuff. And then it's just like, yeah, I'll go save your kid and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, making quips and funny things on the plane and That's all. That's all right, man. You're part family now. But uh, I'm, I'm excited for it. It's equally good as well now. I've obviously said as well, Deadpool 2 didn't do it for me as much as, it seems, 99% of other people. But again, your opinion, which yes, you're entitled to. Yes, I still prefer the first one. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying Deadpool 2 is bad by any stretch of the imagination, but I prefer number one. But the guy who directed Deadpool 2, David Leach, mm-hmm. is going to be directing this Hobson Shaw spin-off, which equally, whether I like Deadpool 2 as much as number one or not, has me excited because his directing style, he's you know very prominent because he was involved with John Wick and okay. things like that. So he's very involved in action and set pieces and fights and gunfights and all this sort of stuff. So if he can bring that style into the Fast universe, mm-hmm. I'm all for it. I'm excited for it. And Idris Elba is a fantastic actor. And he's not someone that has portrayed a villain too much in his career. Yeah, because didn't they have, in the last Fast and Furious one, they had Charlize Theron. Yes. Who was the, because they had, was it Helen Mirren? Helen Mirren is uh, Shaw's mother. Right, okay. Yeah. So it is, but yeah, Charlize Theron, she was the villain. Uh, her sidekick was, uh, what's his name, I can't remember his name. You know the boy uh, in Game of Thrones who uh, loves, uh, what's her face? Phasma. Oh yes, oh, Wendell right. Christie. Okay, yes, yes. Brienne of Tarth. He loves. He's the you know ginger wildling that like has a least the infatuation. Okay, yes. With uh-huh. Brienne of Tarth. Yes, yes. He was yeah. her sidekick, right, so okay. he was in that. But not not to go too far what? off track. But also, not only is Idris Elba coming in as the villain, um, but another actress. This might mean nothing to you because if you haven't watched The Crown on Netflix, it'll probably definitely not mean anything. Uh, but Vanessa Kirby, who played Princess Margaret in The Crown, her career's kind of taking off here. That's why I said you probably have never heard of her. Uh, the Crown was probably her kind of biggest thing to date. But she's going to be in the latest Mission Impossible that's coming out this month or so. She's also been cast in this Hobson Shaw one. So she's getting two fairly big yeah. breaks coming out here as well. So yes, she mightn't be as well known. She is a fantastic actress, though, as well. Having watched The Crown, really, really good show. Recommend it. Um, but, yeah, I'm up for it. Uh, fast and the Furious is not, to excuse any puns, slowing down any time fast. Oh, God. That was um, very, very cheesy. Right, so 
Over um, to you, Chris. Yeah, so speaking of movies, DC's Birds of Prey movie may be next to film after Wonder Woman 2. This is from Screen Rant. Saying the Birds of Prey movie is reportedly targeting an early 2019 start date, possibly making it the next DC movie to film after Wonder Woman 1984. Some tell me that Wonder Woman's going to be set in the 1980s. I don't know what year, though. Mm. Uh, Warner Brothers has been slowly developing a shared cinematic universe of DC Comics heroes ever since Zack Snyder's Man of Steel debuted, debuted in 2013, like five years ago. Um, so despite the um, the films being financially successful enough, they w- weren't dive, um, dive, oh, I don't know what that says. So, Diverse? Well, it says divisive, so... Oh, divisive? Uh, yeah. Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman was the first movie success and the director is already back at work on the sequel, Wonder Woman. I mean, uh, Wonder Brothers is officially moving forward with the other DC movies. G- James Wan, Aquaman and David F. Sandberg's Shazam. The former will hit th- theatres later this year, while the latter and Wonder Woman will debut in 2019. Um, and it just says, though the studio may shed some light on their plans for the DC movie universe during San Diego Comic-Con this year, which is obviously where we'll get a bit of news from that. So whether we talk about that in a separate news item or something like that, I have no idea. Um, but um, Flickering Myth reports that Birds of Prey star Margot Robbie confirmed to the January 2019 start date. Um, and I read somewhere that she wants to have a more diverse cast as well. Um, uh, considering how well received Robbie's Harley Quinn was from Suicide Squad and the success of Jenkins' female headline superhero movie, um, Diana Gal Gadot's Diana was highlighted both Batman for Superman Justice League a female team up like Birds of Prey combined some of the franchise's most successful aspects further with Birds of Prey also including Batgirl the movie could be a launchpad for another potentially very lucrative solo hero franchise so very much like way and you know they DC I've always said seem to do backwards that they've kind of done a couple of movies and then went alright here's your big movie and then okay here's you know, Aquaman's um, solo story after Justice League. Right, so that's like us having Avengers and then saying, right, here's Captain America's after that. And yeah. We don't have a clue about him. You know, so to a certain degree, like I've not watched Justice League and I've never watched Batman versus Superman. I've watched Wonder Woman and enjoyed that. Man of Steel was such a slog to get through. I didn't know you hadn't watched Batman versus Superman. I knew you hadn't watched Justice League. Yeah, because I have yet to hear something positive about Batman vs Superman Wonder Woman <laughs> and that is why I did watch Suicide Terrible um, but for me I used to love Suicide Squad it's not aging well for me okay. I think I think I think I walked out of Suicide Squad telling myself I loved it because I'd hyped it so much so in my much, head okay. I walked out of it going oh that was great I got to see Harley Quinn and this and that and the other and, and then I've watched it back again and like, mm, it's no. good but it's not right <laughs> it's, 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 it's alright it's alright. It could, could be better. Room it, for improvement. It would be good for the Birds of Prey because obviously it's like an all-female thing. So we have, from what I remember, it's Harley Quinn, Batgirl, Katana, and then there's somebody else, I can't remember who it is. But Birds of Prey obviously can be the likes of the Black Canary and things like that as well. Whether, because with Gotham, they stopped using Ra's al Ghul because he was featuring in one of the... DC movies from what I remember either he was going to feature it or whether Arrow had used it and something like that well Arrow's had um, the Dark Knight series had him with 
uh, Liam Neeson at the beginning and That's stuff. True, yeah. Um, but no. I can get the talk of wanting a diverse cast and stuff like that because that's definitely what's needed in Hollywood. Um, I don't see this as much of a kind of you'll break the bank news article sort of thing. You know, with DC, you just don't know. That's what I mean in terms of breaking the bank with the news articles because DC, they could change their mind in a fortnight. Yeah. Sorry, American listeners, that's two weeks. (laughs) You don't call it a fortnight. Um, Fortnight would be like, I made... You know, so it could get it could get delayed, it could get cancelled, it could get anything yeah. in two weeks' time. Because don't forget as well that there was meant to be a Batgirl movie. Yeah. And Josh, Josh Whedon, Whedon was doing that and then he left that. And in inverted commas he didn't have the ideas for a story. Mm-hmm. Josh Whedon, the man that has come up with so many different stories yep. in his career, couldn't come up with a decent story for Batwoman, like, you know. Yeah. Or Bat sorry, Batgirl. Batgirl. Yeah. You know, I don't, I, I don't buy that. I think a lot of people, though, because of the likes of The Flash and they're all, what, they're a third director now? I think this is, this is their big issue, is DC is as much fighting themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, with making different decisions, then changing their minds, changing directors, all that stuff. But with CW? Yeah. Because so many people watch the CW-verse of DC shows... Yes, we don't have an Arrow movie on the horizon or anything like that. Maybe in a while it could happen. Uh, Flash out of the CW-verse is the most prevalent in terms yeah. of uh, you know movie viability. And what has the argument been since day one when that when there was talk of a Flash movie? Was, Just get Grant Gustin, you know, sort of thing. So people want to see that style. Mm-hmm. But that is definitely not what DC's movie universe is right now. Well, and they, with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., there's, I don't really watch it, but I know that there's certain episodes that will feature around certain things, you know, because I think there's a... the oh Yeah, because I was watching The Flash season one, and the guy who played somebody was the president in Iron Man 3. Yes. And then he featured in a couple of episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep. So then they're tying that universe in together. Whereas they've always said, you know, like, well, if you're doing a Green Arrow movie, get Stephen Amell, you know, but they'll get somebody else oh, to do I it. Know. And it's like, you have that fan base, you have that loyal fan base who will go, I want to go and see a Flash or Green Arrow movie. And then whenever you have those crossovers, you can say, here's part one on TV, here's part two, you go to the cinema to see it. Mm. You know, like, but you make that like a feature length movie because you remember what it's like when I went to see Day of the Doctor in the yes. cinema. That was yeah. a totally surreal experience. But it's not a case of they went, we're going to do this, but we're going to put uh, different people in as the Doctor. So why create that fan base and then just obliterate it and then just say, well, not in the movies. TV's fine, but movies, no. Yeah, because I think there's even been debates going on. I think Stephen Bell was maybe asked at a Comic Con recently or whatever that uh, they were like do you think now if they were to do like a Green Arrow movie that they would just stick to the comics and just have like him and Canary or would he feel that they would now have to based on the TV show bring in like Felicity into into the story and all as well and he said he couldn't see that they could do a movie now because of the fan base and you know how long Arrow's been going on TV now that they couldn't do an Arrow movie without a Felicity and a Diggle mm-hmm. sort of thing. But 
I want DC to do well. I love the Wonder Woman movie. It's one of my favourite superhero movies. It's It blows anything else in the DC universe, or at least the recent DC universe. Oh, totally. Out of the water. And you the know, best thing not is... not counting, obviously, the Dark Knight trilogy or anything yeah, like that. But the best thing is, because it's a leading female, mm. again, that's what makes it diverse and what makes it different and what makes it appealing yes especially because young very much like black panther you know did so much for its culture yeah you know and then with wonder woman it did so much for you know the you know the female whether it's a young kid growing up and then seeing that on the screen and going like oh well, i could be a good actor or i could be anything i want to be no that's it like you know we all need that and it probably leads back perfectly to what margot robbie was saying is we need that diversity Mm-hmm. on screen because yes it's all well and good having you know you know these big hulking superhero fellas that shoot lightning from their fists you know <laughs> no offense thor um oh is that who you're talking about <laughs> but just for taste differences let alone the culture aspect of things you know give us different flavors you know nobody wants to eat vanilla all the time even if vanilla is nice You'll maybe want to throw in a chocolate or a strawberry every now and again, yeah. Sort of thing, you know. This analogy's gone completely out the window here, so it's it's you I'll leave food. it at that. Because you mentioned food, and everyone's going mm, me hungry. Already then, happy to move on. Yep. Alrighty. So since the last time we talked about this sort of thing on the show, a lot has been happening, and that is specifically WWE uh, and NXT. In the United Kingdom. So when we last talked about this, it was in the build-up to the WWE United Kingdom Championship Tournament in the Royal Albert Hall, uh, where I predicted uh, Zach Gibson to be my dark horse. Zach Gibson. Oh, right, okay. Spoiler alert. Okay. Uh, So I did quite well in that production stakes, but it's not that. That is the big news that we're talking about here, is that basically in these, again, this month and a bit time space since we've last talked about this subject... A lot of stuff has gone down in terms of UK wrestling. Yeah. Because at that uh, those couple of nights tapings in the Royal Albert Hall, uh, it was announced that NXT will be getting a UK brand. So the UK is going to be properly getting a brand for NXT with all of the NXT, well, they're now NXT stars, uh, that were a part of the United Kingdom Championship Tournament. And uh, there's going to be a women's title, there's going to be a proper tag division, all that sort of stuff. And they're recording uh, at the end of July, end of August, October and November as well. So they're probably going to be recording TV, much like NXT does in Full Sail in America. Mm-hmm. Funny feeling that a lot of those shows like in Birmingham and things like that have already sold out as well. A lot of them have sold out. Now, I was planning to go to one of them, but it was an absolute mess trying to get tickets i was planning to go to the cambridge one okay. at the end of july but for some other reason live nation and liverpool's tickets will be fine you know uh plymouth will be fine but you know what we'll only activate sunday tickets for cambridge so you're sitting there and you're like but i don't want to buy a ticket for sunday mm. if i can't get a ticket for saturday yeah so the tickets for the Saturday didn't go on sale till like half eleven in the day, and you it gotta, was messed up. You gotta remember, we you don't have luck with wrestling tickets. Well, you know, when no. you look at you know getting Undertaker but VIP, that's not, <laughs> but that's not what we're here to talk about. So yes, that got announced, and we'd 
been hearing, of course, the serious rumours that ITV, the main reason NXT, WWE were wanting to get their fingers back into the UK division of wrestling was because ITV were bringing World of Sport back. And World of Sport, it was like a sporting series that went back way back to way the seventies. Like, because I, I was a kid, I only knew that because they mentioned that in fa- uh, fantasy football. <laughs> um, but ITV have announced the uh, series premiere date, which is the twentieth of July, okay. five PM Saturday afternoon. Hmm. So prime proper time for wrestling. Um, funnily enough, that that is the first day of recording. For NXT UK oh, in Cambridge, okay. uh, I wonder if they picked that on purpose. Hmm. But they released a big kind of preview trailer for who all's going to be involved in it, and I've got a few roster people mentioned. Funny here. why you say that because to go back to comic books, a, pla- a place in space where I get my comic was from. Yes, posted that saying congratulations to a place in space customer Nathan Cruz signed ITV's World of Sport Wrestling starting later this month. Yeah. This is what they've been doing sort of this sort of week is kind of every day or so releasing an image of someone that's signed to the roster. So uh, who have we got involved then? So we've got SoCal Val and Stu Bennett, a.k.a. Wade Barrett, on commentary. I don't know if Barrett's meant to be like a commissioner-style guy as yeah, well. Yeah, because from the trailer, he seems to be doing a lot of the voiceover yeah. for it. So yeah. he does, but you have... Davy Boy Smith Jr. I thought it was him. I couldn't tell, but I could tell. I saw the face and I went, that looks like Davy Boy. Yeah, so you Davy Boy Smith Jr., Joe Hendry, Martin Kirby, Adam Maxted, who's from here, okay. um, and was on Love Island last year. Wow. That seems like that's the big thing nowadays, besides the World Cup over here. Uh, Kaylee Ray, who was in the May Young Championship Tournament uh, okay. last year, and she was also in that TNA boot camp many, many moons ago. Um, I've seen her wrestle live. She's very, very good. Uh, you've got Gredo. Oh. It's yourself. Uh, who's, who was the champion who won it on that World of Sport one-off Christmas special a couple of years ago. You've got uh, Shea Samuels, um, Rampage Brown, CJ Banks, Justin the Hammer, Sison, uh, Leston Reese, Kip Sabian, Viper, who was uh, Piper Niven on the May Young Classic. So you have B Priestley, uh, Gabriel Kidd and the Amazon Aisha Raymond. She was also in the Mae Young Classic. And then finally, there is the 300 and... Sorry, not the 300 and something. The 36 stone behemoth crater. So you have... He wears like a Bane mask, so he does. Okay. Um, but they kind of punctuated this trailer uh, showing that Will Ospreay is also going to be on it. That's kind of the big shock and surprise that he is going to be involved in it as well because he is notoriously one of the most over wrestlers and popular wrestlers on the independent scene nowadays simply for what is described in the indie terms as flippy sh1t so it is oh okay yeah yeah yeah. you got there you got there um but i think the main reason i wanted to bring this up besides rambling off oh here's some of the people involved and here's you know the dates of recordings and stuff is that things have fairly went up a gear in terms of UK wrestling? Yeah, especially on the likes of terrestrial, because obviously, you know, we have satellite, you guys have cable, so think of, like, a cable channel, like HBO, um, having Game of Thrones, but then it goes on a free channel that you don't have to pay anything for. That's essentially what this means. And then there could be, this could be the launch pad for a lot of people that 
may have not been in a limelight before. Obviously, the only ones really there that I know were David Boy Smith, So Calval, I know, Wade Barrett, um, Stu Bennett, obviously. And then who else was the commentator, Stu Bennett? And um, there were, like I said, Will Ospreay, B. Priestley, Killy Ray, uh, Chef Samuels. No, the commentator. Oh, the commentator? Yeah. So Cal? So oh, so okay. All right, okay. All right, okay. Uh, I think Alex Shane might be involved in commentary as well. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it's a lot of people that have fairly strong links to uh, the UK independent scene. They would probably a lot of them. Now, this is not uh, a diss on them or anything like that, but they're the ones that were maybe just slightly under uh, WWE's radar. Mm-hmm. All of still very good individuals in the UK scene. Um, but WB have obviously had in mind a certain style of individual that they've wanted for their shows. So um, approached who first, I would yeah. say, in terms of who's on this world of sports show and who's on the WB show. It doesn't surprise me to see seeing him in the trailer, but it doesn't shock me that Will Ospreay would be involved with like world of sport because he's very much an individual that kind of likes his freedom. Okay. So he does. So this is a 10-part series. That I don't know how much of it has been pre-taped. I'd say probably a considerable part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a rare thing that I have not heard anything about the matches yeah. or the results yeah. or anything in modern wrestling. Uh, unless they took everybody's phone off them when they went in for the recording. But I think it's just the key point is that, you know, kind of UK wrestling, yes, has been extremely strong uh, on an independent scene. Mm-hmm. But like you said, in terms of exposure and content level now yeah has just went through the roof mm-hmm. so it has um and that's the big thing that world of sport now they're not technically calling it world of sport they're calling it WOS wrestling yeah. um but we all know it's world of sport it's not like world of soccer or something but that's the key difference is world of sport have that terrestrial tv as you say mm. whereas WWE and nxt don't have that yet yeah it's likely probably going to be the network so it is for now like regular NXT whether they eventually get a deal on terrestrial TV or even Sky or whatever yeah that remains to be seen but that is definitely the one thing that World of Sport will be extremely happy about is that they have that mainstream oh yeah yeah and they're obviously fairly confident in it that they're putting it on at 5pm in the afternoon yeah on Saturday yeah in the prime of the summer so it is but no it's exciting times for UK wrestling, be it independent or now uh, with the big guns. It's nice to see you know, trying to do something different and maybe just giving us, the viewers, something different. Yeah. You know, because when was the last time? The last thing I remember seeing on terrestrial TV was that um, the celebrity wrestling, that Roddy Piper. Oh, dear. Yeah, so... D'Lo Brown and all, yeah. Real um, but no, at the end of the day, it's... You know, it's nice to see it on TV and that, but it's as much nice to see that these guys that have been busting their backsides for years, yeah. trying to build the UK scene up, yeah, it's finally paid off. Getting there, yeah. So it has, but okay, onwards. Well, um, that's me out of for news items. So what I'm going to do is I have quite a few Chris's convention corner. That's correct. Thank you. Uh, I've quite a few, I think it was last Friday there? Yeah, I think it was Friday week ago that they announced quite a few guests. Now, we were told there would be a couple of them, and there was quite a few of them. So, I'm going to go, uh, I've kind of started it from the, 
Well, not that the least known, but there'll be some that you will maybe know and some that you won't. Eh? So we have Sean Young, who is a, a female, not a man, from who is in Blade Runner. I love the way you had to explain that. Yeah, but <laughs> Sean is not a man. Yeah. Then we have Richard Wilson. Oh well, yes. Who is one Are foot you in my the grave? Yes, or <laughs> uh, uh, Doctor Who, the empty child doctor dances. Very well remembered. We have Ali McCartney. Makalka, we'll say. I'll try to. Um, she plays Peyton in iZombie, which is a series that I have just finished watching all four seasons of. Wow. So whenever she was announced, I was like, yes, I'll buy a photo with you. Uh, speaking of which, we have Rahul Kali, who plays Ravi in iZombie. Basically, Liv, who's played by Rose MacGyver, who's also there. They're doing a three people photo shoot mm-hmm. with them for like 110 quid right but i had already bought them separately uh, and they're they say if you want to upgrade you can buy that and then we'll refund the other ones but then you have to wait for the money to come in sounds a wee bit of messing about to me we then have speaking of fast and furious natalie emmanuel uh, yeah um who obviously play is in uh, fast and furious but also in game of thrones as khaleesi or daenerys's aid we also have Johnny Whitworth, who was in The 100. Another person from The 100 is Paige Turco. Mm-hmm. Now, have a look at her face, Alan. Does she look similar, familiar to you? There is something familiar about it, do you tell? This is April O'Neil from Secret of the Ooze. What? Yes. Okay, that's extremely random. I didn't know that until I was like, I have no idea who she is. And then I looked up and I was like, okay, right. So I'm tempted to maybe get an autograph from her. Right, okay. Because I have a Secret of the Ooze comic. Uh, we then have Ted Raimi, who is in some horror movie. In some horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> then we move on to the big three. Oh, the big okay. three. No, right, okay. so... Speaking of Top Gun... Oh, Top Gun, okay. We have Val Kilmer. Hey! So... Bad nipples! Yeah, exactly, bad <laughs> nipples. Um, not as bad as George Clooney's ones, but still. Okay, so we move on from one action hero to the next action hero. Oh, right, okay. Which is Steven Seagal. Oh, wow, no. Yeah. Oh, please, no. Would you pay £75 for a photograph of Steven Seagal? In the words of Vince McMahon's theme tune... No chance in hell. Okay. And lastly, and this was not a shocker, but more of a shocker that some people didn't know who this person was. Right, okay. And that's David Duchovny. Really? Yeah. Some people are like, oh, well, who's he? I've never seen him before. It's like, have you seen Californication, X-Files? You like, know. I'm sorry. Who has never heard of the X-Files? A lot of people didn't have a clue who he was, and they didn't think that that was a big enough... Hey, don't get me wrong. I've never really watched the X-Files, but I know of the X-Files yeah. with David Duchovny. Or if you've watched the Simpsons episode, wherever yeah, he appears in it. Exactly. There is, like, some other people who are bit parts from, like, Star Wars. You know, we have, uh, you know, Hoth. Z- yeah. We have this person. We have that person. And they definitely are bit parts, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, and then we have a stormtrooper from there. So A stormtrooper that put Han and Carbonite. Yeah, so from those ones there... Natalie was one I got the photo from and I'm tempted to get a Richard Wilson one because I heard such good stories about him right. that he's meant to be polar opposite of Victor Meldrew oh, and how grumpy cool. and everything that he was. So, sounds pretty neat to me. Um, so yeah, I was uh, I was very very good to see that and then um, 
couple other people that got different photos like Simon got a Val Kilmer one because he was meant to meet him in Wales and then he cancelled he has a habit of saying now the funny thing was was that people knew that he was coming before Showmasters the organiser announced it because he, the, it was on his website oh dear so and then there was a big big letdown that there's like a sending item where basically if you can't say you can't go to the yes. event and you want to give it Peter Capaldi's autograph you can then buy an 8x10 or send in your own item mm-hmm. he signs it and they send it back to you yes and somebody had found that on that site was a thing for Gwendolyn Christie right so which would have been awesome because as you were just yes. saying Brain of Tarth and you know Captain, Phas- Captain Phasma turned out she was for a German convention oh, and that went from heartbreak. here up high to uh, through the floor but, uh, but I'm happy enough with um, we're still a couple of weeks away at time of recording so we have two weeks on Friday until the convention starts they do announce people very late like for MCM at Heroes and Villains weekend they announced Letitia Wright who plays sure. in thank you in Black Panther a day before the convention so you there get, could be a surprise or two yet they could be I'm really hoping for a Marvel guest and I was hoping that around that time Ant-Man and Wasp site uh, give me Paul Rudd or give me Michael Douglas that will be even better <laughs> but yes that concludes uh, Chris's convention corner so what <laughs> what is next on the horizon for us to discuss then Al? On the horizon, Christopher, for episode 117, sorry, dial that back, <laughs> for episode 117, we're diving back into the depths of movie discussion and topics, and you did kind of give the hint at the start of the episode that we'd be doing It was this. a good day to do it, though. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're right on it today. I was going to say another thing, but it involved a swear word. But, uh, <laughs> oh, right, okay. uh, you're hot. Uh, but uh, yes, our next uh, kind of look back retrospective, so to say, is on the original Die Hard, which is celebrating, funnily enough, its 30th anniversary. Retro shockspective. Retro shockspective. Say that three times fast when you've had a few drinks. Let's not. But yes. We'll be talking about the original Die Hard on the next. And then after that, you will be seeing the start, more than likely, of our uh, CW perspective of things as well for the most recent series, uh, or season, sorry. I'm using a UK terminology <laughs> there. I know that's always very confusing, isn't it? We, it is, We yeah. refer to a season as a series, and a series in the States is the whole thing. Yeah. From season one to season five or whatever something may be. It's always very confusing, folks. But yes, we'll be starting talking about uh, the latest seasons that have finished airing of Supergirl, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, and Flash. I nearly forgot to say Flash. There. <laughs> I was going to say, was like, he's like, pausing here. It's like, oh, Flash. Why did I almost forget about one of my favourite shows? It's always the way. But yes, we'll be starting those and they'll be spreading their way out across the summertime of RetroShock. Because it's going to be a very, very busy summer. So uh, with Chris travelling away as well, there'll be a lot of recording and episodes coming your way, folks. But yes, die hard to look forward to next. If you want to have any input on that die hard episode, feel free to get in touch with us. You can get in contact on Facebook, just search Operation Retroshock. Or you can contact us on Twitter at RetroshockPod, our 
direct messages are entirely open so anybody and everybody can indeed message us so uh, any nice memories you have or certain thoughts you have on the original Die Hard get those into us by Friday coming and we'll do our best to include those in the show are you wanting them to rank the Die Hard movies do whatever they want yeah That's if you want to talk if you want to talk about your favorite memory is even if it's not the first one and you prefer the third one or whether you're one of the very few people and like a good day to die hard or have you not watched that hard movie until recently like with me and top gun and yeah just let us hear your thoughts of that and what um why you think this movie f- um stood the test of time 30 years later and people are still talking about it but yeah, you have that to look forward to next week. So, uh, any final thoughts, Chris? I would just say, go to England and coming home and all that nonsense. And I would just say, thanks for very much for listening. Um, you can follow Alan at Alan GW Price on Twitter, me, Vento316. And like I was saying on Facebook, Twitter, Retroshock Pod. And uh, just get in contact with us. And don't forget as well that if you listen to us on iTunes, if you're in America or if you're in the UK, follow us on Twitter. Send us a screenshot if you leave an iTunes review. And we'll give you a shout out on the next episode. Awesome stuff. So yes, thank you all very much for listening, everybody. This has been episode 116 of Operation Retroshock. We'll see you all next week. Say goodbye, Chris. Yippee-ki-yay! Bye.